Matt, are you ready for a night of fun? I'm always down for fun, Anna. You know that. <laughs> well, we hit 2 million listens this year and to celebrate, we're going on tour. That we are. So on Thursday, the 7th of September, we're going to be in Melbourne. Wednesday, the 13th of September, we're going to be in Brisbane. And Thursday, the 21st of September, we're going to be in Sydney. We're going to have special guests, prizes and so much fun. So make sure you get your tickets in our show notes. Bye. See you there. I want the fairy tale. I want the Prince Charming. She... <laughs> How do I put this? Isn't a fan of my kissing style. So we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 12 hours. He's in a trash bin. He's non-recyclable. Catch you never. I love being in love. I love love. On today's episode of Where's Your Head At, we are sitting down with Esme Louise, historian, author, journalist, and TikTok personality. Esme hosts a podcast, has performed at TED Talks, and releases TikTok videos about kinky history. And today, we'll be getting to find out some saucy information about sex through the ages. We will ask her all about her favorite sex and sexuality moments throughout history and whether or not our sexual preferences or routines have changed in the last 100 years. Stick around. Where's Your Head At is a podcast that talks all things relationships, breakups, reality TV, trending shows, and everything in between. This is your new go-to destination for laughs, gossip, intimate details, advice, and much more. Hello, hello. Hello, how are we? Hello. It's so nice to have you in the studio with us. This feels like a long time coming. I, uh, Absolutely. This is wonderful. It like, is. Good to finally get here. We met at Splendour in the Grass. You did. had your live show as well. I know, and I, I feel really bad because I, I couldn't make yours because I was getting really drunk off, as soon as I came off the plane. That's right. As you should have. As you should have. Because, yeah, we were in the shuttle together and then we're like, come watch our show and then you didn't come. I, I, do you know what? I, I really <laughs> thought about it, but my priority as soon as I came off that plane was I need to find a bottle of champagne. And then I was like, oh, they're on. And then I felt really bad. No. I'm so sorry. This is my formal apology to you. No, <laughs> no. Well, technically we didn't come to your show, but you did go live. So I technically also saw it. So I feel okay. like I did come. I feel like I was there, wasn't I? Uh, if you can't remember, then I have <laughs> so <laughs> But I can so say time. that we definitely uh, enjoyed some time together yeah. backstage. So it doesn't really matter about the show. I don't think I gave you a rundown of my show anyway. So yeah. And mm-hmm. when we met you, you are filled with so much knowledge about sex and just just a plethora of information that is so random that I never thought I needed. (laughs) But I was like, I think I like, I really needed that. Like, this is so interesting. I've actually repeated some of the things you said back to my fiance, Michael. And he's like, who told you this? Have you fact checked this? And I'm like, yes, Esme, (laughs) the historian from Splendor in the Grass told me about this. This is fact checked. It's verified. I promise you. They all just like to be spanked. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I told Anna the story that you told when not, you weren't, it wasn't during your podcast. But when you did that speech about mm. the girls putting fish in their vaginas, oh yes, and we were that just can't be real. No, it, it was real. Tell it was... tell it from the story because <laughs> I just wild. could not believe. Anna it. could. I don't think I told it right, but Anna was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah." yeah. You're like, "Yeah, no, people put fish in their vaginas." I swear. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I think this is part of like the, the, the really kinky compartment of my brain that's just like filled with all of this terrible stuff. But anyway, <laughs> it was in the medieval ages and there was this uh, like old wives tale that they were trying to get their husbands into bed with them. And they, they wanted them to be fertile because there was a belief at the time that it was like the man that was solely responsible for producing an heir and, you know, women were just ovens. And so what women would do to try and entice their husbands back into bed with them was shove fish into their vaginas let it, oh yeah and alive shut up oh, alive. Shut up. let it soak in their juices wait until it dies 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 so well, you're like vaginas like suffocating the fish to death i mean to be fair it's probably like an og vibrator like just <laughs> <laughs> flopping around in there oh. <laughs> they probably quite enjoyed it <laughs> Imagine um, trying to get it in. They're squirmy. Oh, they're squirmy. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> and and they, they don't specify the size of the fish either. So I don't know if we're talking about a goldfish. But after that, they would, after it soaked in the juices, they would then cook it and serve it to their husband. Shut as up. like an aphrodisiac. And it was meant to, you know, make them go like, hmm, I really feel like her vagina tonight. Like, 
fish and chips. Am I right? <laughs> oh my god! Is, yeah, no shit. I I couldn't even remember the whole thing, but I was like, it was a wild story. Yeah, as if that is a true story. It was written down by this uh this bishop of the time and recorded, and so it's kind of like, well, if if he's writing it down, it's either you know real or. The or he's very a sick erotic fuck. music. <laughs> he was like, I think that this is what women do. I hope. <laughs> like, oh he was trying to make God. fetch happen. He's yeah. like, someone <laughs> please. Pick someone do this. And the fishy vagina was born. Yes. <laughs> is that where it was born from? Is that like... No, I, I, I haven't been able to trace this theory, but I, I think, it, you know, probably a connotation but for a long time that like the fish in the vagina, fishy vaginas, the smell, all just passes down. There's so many words like that that just have passed down from these crazy sex moments from history that it's so likely. You know what's so interesting? So I recently was in Europe and I was in Barcelona specifically and they have this sex museum there. Yes. Very famous. And it's interesting because Matt actually that day was like, we're going to have Eze on the podcast finally because we've tried to tee this up for a while and I was like I have to go to this sex, sex museum, museum. Yeah. like I, w- I want to like have something to tell you anyway oh, I'm so excited it's not like that good I took lots of photos fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not as good as the fish story she actually went to a fish market and she's like guess what <laughs> Michael loved it he ate it all <laughs> but I did see the first ever documented porno love in there. Me and Michael sat down for like 20 minutes and watched this. It was like, a, <laughs> I think it was like three different pornos on repeat. And they're just like so strange. Like, I love it. What, what era was this? Yeah. Like, vi- like video I, kind of? I think part? it was like, oh, I wish I knew. I have it on my phone. I took a photo. I think it was like 18... I, I wonder if it's like that stock, like yes, one that just goes. It was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like very flickery. I love that. And like the sex that they were having, I was just like, what position? Yeah, what were they doing? It was like very stop and starty. Like, okay. was that the film or was that actually happening? One, two, It was a film, but it was mainly them. So like the guy was like. It was okay. I don't want to say this because it's maybe a bit like it was a bit rapey. Oh, yeah. Like the girl came into this guy's office and then he like pulled up the top and like put his head in his her boobs for a second and then pulled the top back down and it was like there was like this like uplifting music playing the whole time but it was like I'm picturing like Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, yes, yeah. Well, Charlie Chaplin had like a whole sex thing he used to enjoy throwing pies at women who were naked on his couch and that's kind of how he would cast them as well like yeah he has a whole weird sex thing he was weird for many many reasons but yeah he used to enjoy get off to throwing pies at women insane yeah isn't that like kinks right kinks that's that's one of those kinks who are we to judge someone's kink yeah that's true who are we to judge I don't know. I feel like I feel like if someone's throwing a pie at me, like is it a hot pie? Am I gonna get burnt? You know. Well, what I, I mean? mean, hopefully it's not very like Australian. Then I just like hot pies, yeah. <laughs> meat pie, <laughs> some sauce on it. Just oh straight god, in that's the worse enough when you like bite into it. It's just yeah, like no. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm picturing like the uh, the pies with the whipped cream. It is the the whipped cream yeah, pie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, got you. Which kind of makes like you think about when you see some of the Charlie Chaplin films and there is a lot of pies in them and then like you know reports from women being like no he threw pies and got off I'm he like, was probably oh. he was probably loving that probably yeah loving that. no wonder he went into like theatre he's <laughs> yeah. like this is wonderful yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's some of the craziest kinks you've heard speaking of kinks craziest kinks I've heard it's so hard because I've become really desensitized to them I think what's quite interesting is like being in this line of work you know I'll speak on the internet about like nylon fetishes and foot fetishes and all of these kind of fetishes and people will often and I love it I I like that people come to me for help but they'll send me through a message to the effect of like is this normal and rather than just kind of giving it an umbrella category like foot fetishes they were like is it normal to want to tear someone's tights come into the tights grab the cum put it on my face and then like run around naked outside i'm like okay i could it's very specific yeah (laughs) (laughs) i could do with less details whatever gets you there (laughs) (laughs) i always know if i like look into my dms and there's like a whole bloody essay i'm like okay they've gone into specific fantasies about the details like just give me umbrella (laughs) descriptions of yeah (laughs) 
So, do you get a lot of that? People sending in like their weird kinks? Yeah. And I think it's 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 nice. I kind of like it. I'm like, I, I will tell you that this is normal and I'll give you stats, but I'm not going to go into the details of your fantasy right now. That feels like that's between you and your party. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like w- would some of these people maybe like tell you them because they're kind of like getting off that you're reading this and then it's some sort of like sexual Erotic fantasy novel. in itself. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that is definitely <laughs> the, the, the case for a lot of them. Um, I, I think there's nothing, I would say there's nothing sexier than research. So I'm just sending back stats and probably not giving them what they want but I was like yeah take this (laughs) 52% of people (laughs) where are you getting your stats from can't they just oh I I, you know what Um, (laughs) I I, talking about statistics uh, we were just talking about this uh, before the podcast starts Um, my mum runs all the statistics uh, for my research which is a very yeah Anna was telling me that that your relationship with your mum is just like the optimum mother daughter relationship in my mind like I listened to your episode with your mom and you guys are like giggling and talking about sex and talking about like you know like rimming and stuff and I'm just like I don't even know if my mom knows what rimming is <laughs> I'm pretty sure mine would <laughs> your mom sounds fun <laughs> I think nice uh I, I was saying that while we work on some of the research i'll get these really crazy messages from my mum without context which would just be like hey honey i'm working on rimming today have you got masturbation covered <laughs> love mum oh by the way are we having dinner tonight like it's just they're really they're always so funny out of context because she also just becomes really desensitized to this um and then i think my favorite one that i wanted to make the first line of the book was she just sent this message being like, hey, honey, did you know that people aren't having anal as much as they used to? Rimmins are crazed now. And I was like, thank you so much, <laughs> mum, for the info. <laughs> and it's always where it just starts with, hi, honey. And then it's like just really filthy. And then love, mum. <laughs> I love that. How is, good. Is that why you got into kinky history because your mum was so open like did you grow up with it or no okay i think this is the weirdest part about all of this is uh mum came and wanted to jump on the research as i started to work on kinky history um and she was like your research sounds so much more fun than mine (laughs) (laughs) and we were like really drunk one time i think that's a recurring theme of my life (laughs) and we were really drunk and she's like what if you added like statistics to kinky history and if you want to like talk about you know poo fetishes we could like bring stats in and i'm like well i I can't do that because I'm not a mathematician. I hate that. Um, And she's like, well, I've actually done all the research for you and just gave it to me. And I was like, Oh Thanks. my gosh, is this what you've been doing at work? Thank <laughs> 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 hey. you. And so, alas, your book was born, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a uh, combo with uh, all of my uh, kinky history knowledge, um, bringing in contemporary research, which my mum's worked on, and then some random antidotes from our own life. <laughs> so. I mean, it doesn't get any better, does yeah, I'm it? I'm excited to read it. It sounds amazing. Yeah. It might be a book that I actually read. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. That's what we want. That's what you want. I keep telling Matt, like, you need to get better at reading because he... Well, you heard me read out the fucking intro. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the best. And he's like, I just don't know if there's a book I can get into, but I feel like you could get into this book. Oh, yeah, definitely. It definitely would get me going. can learn some kinky (laughs) Well, yeah. I was going to ask you that. Do you do much of the practicals of them or just theory? Oh, <laughs> that was such like a. Yeah. I, I was trying to say, not like, to. Are yeah. you as kinky as you yeah. sound? I was, and, I was, and I said before, I'm going to try not to ask that sleazy, but like. There's you, only so much. How, you can how do. much can I do? Like, you know, without I getting there. I love that. <laughs> I, do you know what's um, quite sad in some ways? And you would know this that by the time you, you start, you know, making podcasts and you become a content creator, you become really, really, really busy. Yeah. It's yeah. not like a nine to five job. Like, you're just always busy. Mm. And there was a moment in my friendship group where I realized I was no longer like the sexy kinky one. I was just the one who did the theory. Um, <laughs> and, you know, in the past it was always like, you know, Esme you know, like, has gone to sex clubs. She's like done everything, you know, come to her with your questions. And now my friends are just kind of like, that's so cute. Like you're in your little monogamous relationship. Like, <laughs> Have you tried doggy? <laughs> um, I've n- I'm now the theory one. It sucks. I love it. I had the worst moment where I was out for dinner with uh, five friends and I was sitting there having a great time until I realised that every single one of them was <laughs> fucking one another. They're all in these like beautiful, open, polyamorous relationships doing gorgeous, kinky stuff and I was the only one not connected <laughs> to the web. I was like, 
what? You're on the outside, the fringe. The fringe member. How the mighty have fallen. Like, I hate this. Well, speaking of your monogamous relationship, (laughs) which I'm sure is not, you know. How did you meet your lovely partner? Um, via via Bumble. We're, we're dating out babies. I think most people are in this dating yeah. age. Yeah. Anna is. Yeah. We love a dating app. Matt's yeah. recently single. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't use dating apps. No, not at all. No. You're, an, you're an in-person kind of guy. Yeah. Read the vibes. Like inbox that. or Instagram. That sort I reckon of stuff. you can. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, yeah. you're, you're still online dating, yeah. then, aren't you? You're just. Just not on the app. You're yeah. looking at the fire emojis <laughs> and you're like, this one. Okay. <laughs> flame emojis. That's your bumble prompt. Yeah. <laughs> Just flame me. I love that. So tell us about your partner. How did you guys meet? <laughs> tell us a little bit about your relationship. I think us, I kind of forced him into a relationship. Um, <laughs> you know what you wanted? Well, yes. I, I, I know what I wanted. And we actually met a week before like lockdown and everything was getting announced. Yeah. Um, and I was living by myself in the city at the time. And we had connected on Bumble. I literally saw his dorky, dorky profile picture. Um, and he's like, because <laughs> he's come over from Canada and... And he was like wearing this like Australian bucket hat, Australian shorts, like posing outside. Of. Tourist. Yeah. And I was like, who is this man? How is this your first picture on a dating site? Like, I'm so intrigued. And then I had a look and it was like job lawyer. I'm like, okay, you do not look like any lawyer I've ever met. And then it was like favorite film. And it was just finding Nemo. And I was like, okay, who is this guy? <laughs> You're such a dog. So I just sent him a message and I was like, why not finding Dory? That was my prompt. That was all I said. And I get this bloody essay back from this man, like passionately defending finding Nemo. I sent one back passionately defending finding dory and then he just sends a message he's like i work in the city do you want to get a drink right now i'm like absolutely oh, Louis. that's really that. cute yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Cute. that's good and we'd literally gone um for an hour drink that was it i was like i'll give you an hour yeah clicked my claws were in i was like i love this man <laughs> he is absolutely the chaotic it's so wonderful uh two days later he was going to take me out for dinner and i was like there's actually this like virus going around do you mind if we rain check you can just come over to mine for takeaway this man doesn't leave my house for three days um <laughs> so it was a really good day actually very um, good day but then by the following week um i have to call this man while he's working in the courts being like hey they're announcing this thing called a lockdown i live by myself i'm panicking you don't have family let's date (laughs) and that's it should we go out yeah and then he moved in with me for like six months did he have his own joint or he just yeah but he was like in a share house at the time and i was being very like oh okay I, I don't want what's happening. And so I just moved in with this man for six months. Good for <laughs> you. You know what? When you feel it, you feel it, right? When you know, you know. And if, I mean, I'd prefer to move in with someone. I think there's a lot of relationships that lockdown like forced Absolutely. to have. Like, that was the same with me and my ex. It yeah. was like my mum, because I was living at my mum's at the time. She's like, you're not coming back and forth. You're either one or the other. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I'm and getting sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, getting, I'm getting my dick sucked there. So I'm coming there. <laughs> Like, I have priorities. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm gonna go stay there, and the next thing we start dating, didn't work out. Like, but yours has, obviously. I think like Mine lockdown has. was make and break, has. like for Absolutely. so many people. Yeah. But it was also when well, we we cover a lot of this in the book, but like how COVID also affected our sex lives is so interesting. Ooh. Oh, really? Like people. Um, bondage sales in Australia were at a huge high. Like we're talking <laughs> about an 80% increase in people buying whips and chains and even sex toys are like 120% increase. Like wow. we have never seen a bigger boom in the sex toy industry. And I love that lockdown kind of made people, I guess, want to lock each other down. Like we were just like really <laughs> getting very experimental. Yeah. Because if you're locked in the house with nothing to do, we're just like, let's try pegging. <laughs> like, well, but nothing else to do. Let's go for it. Bite down I mean, on the tontine. To, to, be, to be fair, I had some very good lockdown sex. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, yeah. Things were getting very experimental. That's true. Yeah, I was. We were doing like different kinks and different stuff when we were in lockdown together as well. Yeah. We were expressing it. Yeah. It, it, it's so interesting like yeah. everyone and the the sales have kind of remained so this is something we're really interested in tracking we're like people were kinky in lockdown they're gonna stay kinky mm. and i think they have because you also look at you know podcasts like this and podcasts like mine that started afterwards there's now this need to kind of want to talk about sex yeah and we're, we're talking about yeah. it a lot more yeah. we're all yeah. fucking horny <laughs> We're all so horny. Yeah, let's not like act like we're not. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Those days are over. Yeah, and people love listening 
to sex as well. Like I yeah. love listening to people talk about sex. Like I love listening to your podcast for that. I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. And speaking of that, yeah. you said that sales to sex toys went up 120%. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the dildo? dildo. <laughs> <laughs> she finished her sentence. She knew it was coming. I think it's my favorite question of all time. Is it? it okay. really is. I think I asked you this yeah. in the car. I think, I think it was I'm, one of your first questions. Yeah, I was, wondering, yeah, I was like, <laughs> tell me where the dildo started. Well, they just started in a cave with the. T- like, it did. Oh, no did shit. Did it? Maybe you told me that then. I want to hear Matt say yeah. what, what do you, you know, think I it think is? I something like, didn't they carve a rock or something into a. Ow, that I would mean, be sharp. Well, I mean, you're not far off. Matt's was listening. A, I mean, Matt's a, learning. Yeah. <laughs> like, was it a, a log or something? It was a siltstone uh, object that was found in a German cave in 2005. Um, and they've dated it back to 28,000 years ago. Oh, okay. 28,000. 28,000. So for context, we invented writing it about 5,000 years ago. So, like, we were far more interested in getting off than yeah, documenting Yeah, we were horny it. to start with before we even thought so to write. So, 28,000 years ago. 28,000 years ago. And the that's object that they found was, like, uh, so it's phallic, but it has a ring around the top and it was, quote, highly polished at the top from overuse. That's in the official <laughs> research paper. And that's what made them determine that it was definitely a sex toy. Wow. And then they found similar models from, like, 10,000 years ago, 15,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago. And then by the time we start writing, in, in like you know ancient Greece they write about the dildos and it's fucking filthy um they have entire plays about like this is a play called Lysistrata and basically the summary of it is that women are like men we need to stop fighting end the war we're going to refuse you sex until you stop. <laughs> Stops very quickly. I throw right? my sword yeah. down. <laughs> and the women all like gather around a bowl of wine, and they're like, "Okay, um, quote to gnaw the flesh in uh, the." To ignore the gnawing of our flesh, we need to use our eight-fingered leather dildo to help our cunts. Is what they say in the, like, the translation. So aggressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were using like a lot of padded leather in um, ancient Greece um, wow. as dildos. They had strap-on dildos. They had like uh, double-ended dildos. Um, and there's also a rumor they use breadsticks. Oh. Uh, smeared in olive oil. That was their original form of lubrication. A little like straw string dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was, thinking, I was thinking more like an actual... Bread. Baguette kind baguette, of thing. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking sort about like the tiny, no, like skinny <laughs> breadsticks. I, I don't like, know what you're saying. Yeah, no, I was thinking more like a baguette like trash. sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they lubed it up with olive oil. Well, and olive oil is actually still a very popular form of lubrication, but it was really well documented in ancient Greece. And a lot of the pots that have like sex depicted on them mm. used to contain olive oil. That was kind of like advertising today. Like here's all of the people you could fuck if you used your lubrication. Wow. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense. It's so interesting, right? Because when I went to this museum in Barcelona, there was like so much like f- like photographs and video and just like so much imagery yeah. of like people having sex and people having threesomes and orgies and all yeah. of this. And I was like, in my mind, I genuinely think I thought that like our grandparents and their <laughs> parents weren't really having sex because mm. it was so taboo and yeah. like not spoken about. But then when I was in there, I was like, wait, they were having a lot of sex. Like, yeah. I genuinely thought my grandparents probably had sex three times because they had three kids. Like, I love that. That's how taboo it was in our family They just household. probably did it behind closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All their kids. Uh, yeah. But, like, it's just, I mean, to see the images, I was like, wow. Like, people were really Going kinky. at it. They were really fu- Yeah, like, there was this, like, woman and this guy was, like, putting this big log thing. Yeah. Oh, wait, what? Into her. Oh, mm. that's nice. It was huge. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I know. I have a photo on my phone because you were allowed to take photos. It wasn't like. Is it a photo, photo or is Try it like later. a Try later. No, it? it was like a, a, a photo. Like oh. it was actually happening. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's nice. It's kind of like logging in the early days, isn't it? <laughs> He's logging it. He's logging it. that just made up. I mean, like the OG pegging. (laughs) I remember another question I asked you in the car was, and you cleared cleared it up, Cleopatra. Cleopatra and her vibrator. Yeah, she was a sex fiend, but you said she... It's 
all I can't remember what yeah. you said because that was one of the questions I asked. It wasn't Cleopatra, like Cleopatra. the wasn't she a little whore? Wasn't she, yeah, did, wasn't she the gobby master or something? The golden mouth. Golden, golden mouth. mouth. Golden yeah. mouth. Is that really a thing? Yeah. Well, the, the story goes that she gave a hundred people in one night a gobby and then gained the name Golden Mouth from Julius Caesar. Um, but I, I was explaining like Cleopatra is an interesting one because she would have been a very sexually autonomous woman and very soon after she died what historians at the time uh, they're very different to today where we have to be very objective and fact check everything yeah hopefully historians then were like political slanderers like they just Mm. wanted to demolish someone and so they were really keen to take down a woman in power and so the historian who actually wrote about her was called Golden Mouth. Like that was his nickname because he was so good with words. Uh, and somewhere along the line, he no, well, <laughs> I'm not going to judge if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> it, it can be boring being a historian. Yeah. <laughs> but she was kind of like the first, one of the earliest examples of you know women being slandered for their sexual prowess because she, she she did have some fantastic relationships but then you know she uh gains the name golden mouth now that's still something you see as a, like a reddit thing quite often that comes around there's also one that cleopatra invented the vibrator using a, ho- a gourd of angry bees to kind of like give herself a buzz oh my god um, that's innovative it is innovative. It, it is. It's all very innovative, <laughs> to be honest. It all is, and it's like we don't have evidence of that, but what we do have is like original pornography from ancient Egypt where you can see descriptions. Wow. And in one of them, there's a picture of a woman kind of squatting on a vase trying to rub herself off. And we also know that Egyptian rulers were documented to fuck animals as show of Ugh. yeah like the the, the the golden mouth was writing all about how egyptian rulers were fucking alligators to show that they were very alligators. powerful yeah and horses how does that work how yeah how does that work with an alligator from the bum i um, love alligators and crocodiles but <laughs> I don't mean that much i don't think i'm gonna <laughs> i mean it's one of those things that you kind of take everything with a grain of salt like this is someone this was like someone in sydney writing about someone in melbourne you know uh, mm-hmm. someone in ancient Greece is writing about someone in ancient Egypt and they're like, no, they so fuck alligators over there. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard from a friend, they're fucking alligators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird as fuck. Um, and so Cleopatra and her holy god of angry bees and her golden mouth all come out of this time of just everyone slandering one another, but using sex, which means yeah. that things like blowjobs and everything were very well recorded and very well known and that's something to take out of it female masturbation was clearly very well known yeah the joys of vibrations were very well known like the bees then why through history then it was so talked about then why did like masturbation and female masturbation especially Mm -hmm. not keep going like that why did it like stop and become taboo and change there's a really important turning point for us in the 17th 18th century that's the area that in my like professional life at university i specialize in because it's such an interesting point where we change everything um are thinking about everything to do with the body changes like eating defecating uh, sex and homosexuality and all of these kind of things we become prude almost yeah basically there's a really big uh flashback for the church becomes a lot more political they kind of become more authoritative and you know even things like we had a war on sugar where like uh, you shouldn't eat sugary foods because that will make you promiscuous and it's not Christianly to eat sugar. And at the, yeah, yeah. At the same time as we're like, uh, anything that brings you pleasure, basically, they thought would not be right because they thought the body was filled with sin and we sin, have yeah. to be constantly punishing ourselves. Is that because like priests weren't allowed to have sex so they were trying to like make Do other people feel bad? Well, Is that- it's a bit of a form of like social control, right? Because if you're telling everyone of the general public you can't partake in our sugary foods, the upper class could. They believe that uh, fruits and meats were only for people who were born to the aristocracy yeah Yeah. and everyone else shouldn't partake in it so it's a form of social control so you Mm. get rid of anything to do with pleasure you get rid of sugar you get rid of masturbation and they start to define um like kind of homosexuality and heterosexuality for the first time up until then it was pretty much you know anything goes in a lot of ways so what era is this like king so this is your like 1700s uh 1600s kind of time so you know you're looking at the time of like the french revolution if you want to put that in perspective yeah, 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 all yeah. of that kind of era. Look, I'm pretty, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good at my history. <laughs> well, my mum. He knows and my one mom, thing, and no, he's like, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good. I'm dropping it all this whole episode. Napolitana I'm, ice cream. I'm so bad. Yeah, at it. <laughs> yeah no, I don't Napoleon. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that's exactly the era that we're looking at, like where everything changes. He was a he was a hornbag, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he, he was. was. And absolutely loved it. Yeah. There's like a rumor about him that he sent this letter to his wife and he was like, I'm coming home. Make sure you don't bathe for five days. Because apparently he liked his women really smelly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> smelly, smelly man. So that's like a kink of his of yeah. like wanting pungent smelling smelly women vaginas. Short man. Yeah, he, he would pig. love the fishy vagina um, <laughs> he was like let's bring that back yeah, yeah. <laughs> well look there was a show that came out on netflix a couple of years ago called bridgerton yes it, yep. um i feel like for historians i don't know but i feel like it would be like oh my god this is like so interesting and mm-hmm. like you, i guess you'd be fact checking can you talk us through like what your first reactions to that show were? My first reactions were I had access to the show a day early and I was told to like write all of like the articles about it, Um, which was quite interesting because Bridgerton is like, you know, a fictional setting, but it's inspired by history. And so there's so much that is actually really interesting in there. Like, one of the first articles I wrote on the first day, I don't think they wanted me to write this, but I'm like, I'm writing it. Um, one of the things that would have actually happened in that Regency period is one in uh, five people had syphilis. Oh. So all of the men who were like fucking around on the show, they all would have been spreading syphilis like crazy. Yeah. Um, and at the time, all of those powdered wigs and everything were invented to disguise syphilis because it would lead to hair loss at the time um and putting the powder in the wigs uh was you know they would put lavender and smelling salts in it to hide the smell because syphilis was not like we have it today like your flesh would fall off um uh it was kind of like leprosy in a a way your hair would fall out and it was basically a death sentence oh my gosh um and their only cure for it was mercury um putting people Mercury fish. We're back to fish. fish. Oil. Oh, yeah. fish in it. There's a common theme today. Yeah. Fish. We're all just really hungry. This yeah. episode's a little I fishy. A, I want to tune them out. But yeah, so I was writing about the fact that these wigs and everything and even uh, some of the masked bulls and everything, yes. part of that was to hide... Your, the effect of syphilis so the person wouldn't know there's there's there, like there's a whole interesting uh story behind oh all my of that gosh. um also you know things like uh the queen in that show is constantly snorting something yes. and everyone's like is the queen doing coke Blood. yeah i thought that <laughs> yeah <laughs> what is like, she sniffing uh, it's it's called a snuff box and it's how you would have uh, had tobacco at the time ah. just but, <laughs> I mean, it does look sniffing quite funny tobacco yeah basically Ugh. Yeah, and so that's would, how she smokes. Yeah, and they would have of. their snuff box, and they it would be filled with salts and everything as well. But it just looks like she's doing cocaine. Which it I does think is look quite like funny. that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I actually until now thought she was doing cocaine. <laughs> You're like queen. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I just know the one scene in there where he goes down on a girl on the stairs. Yeah, it's pretty full on. Oh, it's that's beautiful. <laughs> it's a very horny show. Like the I first guess, yeah. one, the first. Uh, all of it really it's yeah. just like i mean the last season was just like so depressing and i was bawling my eyes out oh queen queen charlotte yeah. well i i bawled my eyes out in queen charlotte but i also couldn't stop uh writing down everything to write about like yeah. at one stage they have baby mozart that who comes into the show and i was like okay mozart gets really into poo um in a few years time and so let's <laughs> talk about that he may be five here but in uh you know Give him another 10 and he's really into shitting on women. Like, <laughs> Really? Yeah. He like has a whole, um, whole, he writes songs about it. Oh. Like, what, taking dumps? Yeah. He writes, he writes songs about. A beautiful songs. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in rounds. They're like, you can listen to them now. Um, one of them's called Lick Mishy Marsh, which means lick me in the ass. <laughs> lick Mishy Marsh. Lick me. And he, like, it, it's written um, so everyone can sing it around, but it's like, lick my ass nicely. Lick it nice and clean. Li- nice and clean, lick my ass. Oh. Like a good roast beef, lick my ass. <laughs> um, but this isn't his only people song. People are wild. Yeah, yeah. People are horny. And yeah, I think sure. that's like the key takeout here. It's interesting, right? Because like we all know Mozart. Yeah, Mozart's farts. Mozart's farts, <laughs> yes. But like that's never come up until we are now talking to the kinky historian. <laughs> when, when I was at school and I was studying history, all of this 
like I think that this very important information has been yeah. left out. <laughs> would you imagine Miss Fletcher going and then he would shit on their chest? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you would be like, what? are we being robbed from this information as children so. growing up in our education? I think it's nice. I know this sounds really weird because we're just talking about Mozart wanting to shit on the girls he was seeing, but I <laughs> I think in a weird way it's kind of nice because it makes these people who feel so big and untouchable, like you know, famous figures, it makes them really human again. Very human. Yeah. And you know, Shitting like on people. Yeah, it's, it's a very human behaviour. <laughs> we all do it. Do we? <laughs> Yeah, well, no, no, shit. Go to the toilet, not shit on people. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I haven't. Clarify. No, I have a lot of kinks, but that is not That's why. Not one of them. That is not one of them. But I think it's kind of nice, and I I enjoy reading a lot of like the letters they would send to one another. Obviously, that's why mm. I do this. But I think it makes these people very, very human and touchable, yeah. and it kind of makes you realize that everyone, even these prolific figures, are so real. Like, yeah. they all have their kinks and their fun. Sex was always something we were playing with and exploring. Yeah. And also all of these weird desires that we have today that people are like, that's not normal. You can trace them all throughout history. So yeah. it's really a kind of reminder about why we need to study it. But yes, no, we should absolutely tell people. <laughs> when, when, when I teach at the university, I think that was the first thing. I'm like, right, let's just go through all of their sex history first and then i'll tell you about their literature like yeah it's fun it makes it's them- fun <laughs> it's interesting and people want to know and i mean yeah. i think it's yeah in a way everyone has a kink as well and there's nothing to be ashamed about Absolutely. well that's it like we all even if it's like a minuscule one of yeah. like you know like i like their back or something like you know what i mean everyone I like has a back. Yeah, yeah like you know everyone nice has a kink yeah that they're into maybe we could like look back to your inspirations be like i am really into farts just like james joyce my hero. Like, yeah. <laughs> or just choose like our favorite this. yeah 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 i well, love it what do you say to someone that's in a relationship and they have this kink but their partner isn't willing to experiment with it and give it the time of day what's the best advice for that uh, my advice has changed only because the feedback I've got has changed. I receive so many messages from people being like, I didn't know how to explain my desires to my husband. I was really embarrassed. And then I showed him your video on like Jean-Jacques Rousseau. And then I was able to talk about it. We laughed about it. And then we we tried it. Yeah. And I was like, I love that looking back to history has actually helped people. Yeah. So I kind of like, if people ask me that question, I'm like, here's some porn from the 1700s <laughs> that discusses it because it makes it funny. Like you stop taking it seriously. Yeah. I think you stop being like, oh, I'm really, really scared to be pegged. That feels so emasculating. Yeah. You can read about this great historical figure who loved being pegged and you have a little giggle, you have a little laugh and then it's kind of like, oh, it's very, very normal. Yeah. If they were doing it 300 years ago, we can do it now. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of being pegged, isn't there <laughs> <laughs> what a yes, segue! Just um, reminded me of an article that I saw about Prince William. We asked you this as well, and I think we asked you. Did I? Is that true? I think I, I should have looked this up after uh, you asked. I was like, okay, we're, yeah. we're keeping the royals off my plate right now. I don't want to be cancelled by fucking Charles right now. When, when I put, I, I think I told you this, but when I put up my video about the uh, King Charles, now King, yeah. um, wanting to be a tampon in a leaked phone that's call. right I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah um which is a real that's a real phone call yeah tampon gate is a real thing yeah. that was in the tabloids they had a transcript of him talking to camilla and he was with like, princess diana at the time he was with princess diana at the time very yeah. controversial yeah. and he's like i want to be a tampon and crawl up inside you i just <laughs> wish i could live there um and so on the day okay wow. maybe bad taste on my end but i was like the day he of his coronation i was like let's remember the time the king wanted to be a tampon like <laughs> From my end, I'm like, I'm doing what I normally do. I'm humanizing him, uh, not to the royalists. Oh they did not God. like that. <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> well, it's it's true. He did it. So like, my cough like, can't take it. It's so funny. <laughs> you know what's so annoying about having this interview? I have this like residual cough, and I just want to like piss myself laughing, but I'm like trying to hold it in because I'm like, I don't want to cough into everyone's Space. ears. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> it's someone's kink, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess mean. don't shame people for their kink. No. I'm not no. saying it. Like, we're all but different. it's wild to have the current king. Yeah. Like there's transcripts of him wanting to do tampons. Surely anyway. Henry VIII had some kinks. I mean, I, I would say that this man probably had a fertility kink, really, <laughs> yeah. didn't he? Like, a, a very strong one at that. Like, <laughs> What is it? We said it as well. What is it? Dead. What is it? Beheaded. 
Oh my gosh. Beheaded, separated, died. Beheaded, separated, survived. Mm, There you go. Um, All because of kids. So yeah, no, definite fertility kink there. (laughs) Definite fertility kink, I would say. (laughs) As a historian or a kinky historian, shall we say, (laughs) when you first met your partner, did you, obviously you've introduced like what you do. Yeah. Did you feel a little bit of pressure heading into the bedroom? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. Uh, I I think I feel that in uh, in a lot of like my sexual experiences, it's kind of like you're very much expected to go all out. And to be fair, like I'm I'm not going to sell myself short. Like (laughs) (laughs) I've had no complaints. (laughs) No feedback, no notes. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I'm getting too cocky for my own good. But I think it's really interesting. um, Well, you didn't leave for three days. No, (laughs) So something was right. Yeah, Yeah. something was going very right. (laughs) I had him tied up. He actually physically couldn't couldn't leave. When I said that I had my my claws in, I was like, I will trap this man. (laughs) No, we're not going for dinner. (laughs) Him through it away. Um, that's where he still is to this day. Yeah, he's still puffed up. Hanging in my lounge room. <laughs> you wonder why you've never met him. <laughs> he's never since. Oh, so he's my own gimp. Um, but I actually feel very grateful in a lot of ways that I blew up uh, after getting into a relationship. Yeah. Because I don't, I mean, you probably have both experienced this more than I have. The expectations that you have when you have this public persona, um, I just don't think I would want to deal with that in the bedroom. I genuinely don't. I would always be yeah. like conscious the whole time of being like, is this kinky enough for you? Like- <laughs> I think, and I think a lot of guys would go for you because of like that. Like, yeah. like I want to see how kinky, you know, and I've got this kink. I wanna, <laughs> yeah. She's going to want to, you know. I, uh, yeah, no, I, I think the know. only thing that could cancel me is people being like, she's actually not as kinky as she says she is. Yeah. <laughs> I went home with her and she didn't even want to use a whip. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't even want to peg me. Yeah. <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> On the first night, didn't even want to peg me. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of pressure. I feel like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, We're just going to do missionary, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I might get on top for a bit. But, <laughs> but like, sometimes you do want to have basic, boring, vanilla sex. Absolutely. And sometimes you're tired. <laughs> and you're like, I just, I just want an orgasm, then I want to go to sleep. Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm glad I'm not in my one night stand phase because yeah. that would be like, hey, actually, you're, you're the one who misses out. Yeah. <laughs> missionary is good, done right. I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not against it. Yeah. Missionary, um, as a little fun fact, came from missionaries, like uh, the people who would go out to spread the good word of Jesus. Oh. Um, because at, at this time where we're talking about, um, uh, that turning point in that 17th, 18th century, uh. They decided, the church, that it was the least pleasurable sex position. And so they said that the only permissible position you could get into was missionary. So you couldn't do doggy style or anything because that brought you too much pleasure and sex was not meant to be enjoyed. So Put a pillow under a... Wife. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> don't give them tips. <laughs> They're not allowed to enjoy. But then allegedly the missionaries went out to spread the good word and the local inhabitants would just laugh at them when they thought that this is how Westerners did sex. And they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> Wow, and that's how, apparently how I got the term missionary. Fuck, that's so cool. So, yeah. so you're telling me that back in the day, people were pretending to not enjoy sex because oh, yeah. the church was telling them they shouldn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, this like very comical writing by Saint Augustine, and he is like, mm-hmm. "Men and women must descend to the bedchambers with an air of melancholy, and they should get to the unpleasurable task with regret and resentment." And they, that, that's like they wanted people to be like upset while they were like, "They're like this is so bad." Yeah, they're I mean, having the best sex of their life, and they're like, "This is terrible. I hate yeah. this. So awful." But like, there was a re- they really tried to spread the belief that if you felt any kind of pleasure while doing the act. That was as bad as cheating. Like, that was just as sinful. Really? Yeah. 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 So Christians really are at that self-hate thing at that yeah. time. That, that was their good word. So is that why then... the No, that was a different reason. Sorry. Why King Henry made the Church of England was because so he could get divorced. Yeah. That was his fertility <laughs> kick. That, was, that wasn't for that. That wasn't because he wanted to enjoy sex. Let's... let's. <laughs> Let's talk about condoms yes. and how they were created and Yum. what out of. 
I love condoms history. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, I love condoms. <laughs> I love condoms. Also, yeah. That's also, <laughs> safe sex. Yeah. <laughs> safe sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, again, I'm going back to that 1600s time, but some of the OG condoms were made out of the bladders of dead animals. Makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah. So the sheep, lamb, pig, intestines were very common, and they would basically get them on a like a phallic mold, and you would heat it and shape it, um, and then tie it with a ribbon down the bottom. So you would have to like physically be doing a little bow on your condom, your dead <sighs> lamb intestine condom, and you can imagine the smell. Yeah, I was about to say that would stink. And they did. They really stunk. And then they were very prone to breaking as well. Um, So that was kind of the OG one. Uh, At the same time in Japan, they were using tortoise shells. They were making um, condoms out of tortoise shells. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really hard. Well, it would be a little. Oh, like a tiny little. Yeah. And like shape it round to. And also not once. They didn't have a nice little bow. So not one size fits all. But the most interesting part is that when condoms were invented, it wasn't for like to stop pregnancy. It was to stop syphilis. I was going to say, what was the revelation Uh... that they had back in the day to use a condom? (laughs) Condom. Yeah. What was it to? Syphilis. They were trying to stop the spread. It was like Uh... really bad around that 1400 time and so they started to create condoms wow my mind's running wild about the tortoise shell because yeah. now i'm picturing <laughs> it is like this and then how does that work uh, the, the, you can look up pictures of them and i very much uh invite you to look up pictures of them i'm definitely um, gonna look yeah. <laughs> but but yeah they're, they're, they're almost like sheaths uh the the actual translation was something along the lines of penis protector like it's very funny or penis helmet that's what it is penis helmet if you translate it directly into english but they were literally like you would just kind of put them on the top of the penis that is wild that is fucking hilarious yeah (laughs) can you imagine like i'm ready i'm just spitting on it but you imagine (laughs) like getting hard into a shell as well like that hurts like i'm not a man but that's gonna hurt I just don't get how it works. Like, I need to look it up. I'm going to look it up. You're going to look at the picture. Well, like, are they doing measurements before? So what They're do like, I, that turtle's going to work. You, yeah. You, so what do I look <laughs> up? Um, um, I would go tortoise, tortoise condoms, Japan. Guys, you should look this up. If you're at home right now and not, driving, not driving, look yeah. this up right now. Or if you're at the gym, you're searching them. Like this. Oh, see, that's that's your animal intestine condoms. Oh, yeah, that's your animal intestine ones. I wish I'm this. I, yes, that's it. That looks like it. <laughs> it looks like a hard. It, okay, I was actually imagining like a tortoise shell on the yeah, top. Of the that's car. what I was okay. picturing. That's not what I yeah, no. made out of tortoise shells. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's like a, it looks like a dick, and it's just like hard. And you've just slotted it in. Hard yeah. substance, and it's also like. Rigged, like what you call it's it? Ribbed. Yeah, ribbed. It's ribbed. Yeah, it's ribbed. It's ribbed. Yeah. It's ribbed. It's a ribbed condom. That's yeah. right. Very, very <laughs> the OG. Yeah, the OG. Innovative. Wow. Yeah. Very innovative. Which I love. I mean, that's one of the better forms of contraceptive we had. Um, because I mean, we didn't really think that, and for a very long time, we didn't really know that you know sperm in vagina will definitely produce baby. Um, mm. it was a lot more superstitious. So condoms came around because of syphilis, and we were trying other methods like. In 12th century Italy, they would tie the testicles of weasels to their neck and thighs as like witchcraft to stop pregnancy from happening. So you'd be fucking with two weasel balls around your neck. It's just so (laughs) wild when you think about doing this type of thing. Why? Exactly why. Imagine just seeing a pair of balls bouncing. And there's like that would stink as well. Like it, I feel like all of these options are smelly. They're all having stinky sex. (laughs) (laughs) What we've learned today was like sex in history is very, very stinky. That's a key thing I've taken out, and people put. Maybe we're doing it wrong now. Maybe maybe. going and freshening up and having a shower is wrong. Maybe (laughs) maybe they were doing it right. No, I don't think there's anything that can turn you off more. I don't know how they did it in historical times, but like, especially if you're going down on someone, and then suddenly it's just like. That smell? Absolutely not. Well, to be real, to be real, they were throwing their shit and piss out the window. So I think they'd be a little bit immune to smells at this point. (laughs) Like the streets were covered in In piss and shit. Yeah, so. What I really love is that, you know, um, Versailles, like that beautiful place in France, they would have just been shitting like around the castle. Like you didn't have bathrooms. You would just be like walking up the stairs, take a shit, people would clean it and get rid of it and then you carry on your day 
Like it's it's really bizarre. <laughs> yeah, like, no, it's it's why. It's it was a different. <laughs> I have no words. It was a different time. But I always like you know when, when people are, are like, why? What, when did we get weird kinks? And I was like, well, there's a huge kink for piss and shit that happened in the 1700s, and I yeah. think it was literally because of this. You like you put it out of. Now it sounds really radical. Like what? They were really into being shat on. And I was like, well, no. But you've got to re- remember that people were literally walking around being like, oh, sorry, I got a shit now. <laughs> like, they like, just, just pull like, their dress up or pull, pull their pants down and just yeah. And you would have like chamber pots by your bed, so if you needed to piss in the middle of the night you just piss into the pot the servant will take it away the next day like I hate getting stage fright no <laughs> <laughs> like just turn around <laughs> but like the way that we've changed our relation to our body right because it's not just sex that's changed now we're like oh my toileting is really private no one can see me yeah but that's just again at the time it was just like the queen's just like mm. Like, it's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't ever something to be ashamed of. Yeah. Which I think is really crazy. It's so crazy now that women, like, cover their nipples and then oh, yeah. walk around, and, like, on the beach with just nipples out. Yeah. That's changing, though, isn't it? Slowly. I don't know. Is it? I See, I would love to think it is, but I, I, I think it's so heavily sexualized in our culture that that will take a very long time. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They do a, did do a really interesting study back in the 50s, and it looked at 130 different cultures around the world and their relationship to boobs. Mm. And they found that boobs were only sexualized in nine of these cultures. And even in those nine, they really differed about what they liked, whether they were big, small, long anything Mm. and in the rest of the cultures that they went to um they were actually disgusted that we used boobs as anything sexual or in foreplay like they were really taken aback really um but it shows just how we've been really conditioned to be like boobs are sexy whereas that's not the case in every place in the world and it's something that wasn't even the case in history in the 14th century this amazing woman called Agnes Sorel who was like the mistress of the king would go into the French court with her tits out she had dresses designed just so one boob her favourite boob would hang out <laughs> and she would sit around the French court with her it. boob out her um, favourite boob her favourite boob would always be out <laughs> and like the other How boob got no air you were the other boob <laughs> No airtime. Yeah, let me out. <laughs> but that was it. Because she was like, my boobs are beautiful and this one's especially beautiful. And so her, her dresses her. come down here. Agnes Sorel. Again, there, there's some beautiful portraits of her. Yeah. And she's got this like gorgeous, you know, like heavenly glow about her. And then just tit. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even in Italy recently, there was a few women like on the beach with their boobs out. And even me, I was like, oh, don't look. Because I like, didn't yeah. wanna, like, you know, look like I was like staring at her <laughs> boobs. I was like, nice boobs. But I'm um, like, I didn't want to look like I was staring. But yeah. then like, it's so heavily ingrained that it yeah. is sexual that even I was like, it's normal like it's fine like yeah. I had to tell my own self in my head I'm like this is fast. this is totally okay oh, well, I'm probably one of those people yeah boobs I'm a boobs man you're a boobs man yeah. I can see that for man. you yeah <laughs> I, I, there's something I cleave yeah I just yeah I, I was in st- maybe from the years of watching wrestling growing up and they were really heavily mm. on the yes the boobs showing on the girl wrestlers yeah like sexualized it i feel like that was one of the main reasons that people watch the wrestling wasn't it yeah. they were just there for the bouncing titties when did the whole debate start of like if you're a bum guy or a, a boob guy. guy when did that happen I, I, it really comes down to fashion fashion mm. is really influential so when i look at this like that study that i'm like boobs weren't always sexy yeah um there's other times where we start sexualizing different parts of the body. Do you, you know like those old Regency dresses that have the giant bustle like yeah. coming out the back? In the time of the bustle coming out the back, boobs became um, butts, sorry, became really, really sexualized. Mm. Um, and you will see the dresses come up to here oh. and then the butts are like over-exaggerated. And that was almost like your OG Kim K like fascination. We're like, we love big bums. Mm. And then it was like you took the petticoat off and you're like, oh, she doesn't really have a big bum. <laughs> she doesn't squat. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't squat. <laughs> but like, it, you you know, things change because of fashion. Mm. And so that was one of the things that really started to eroticize big bums. Um, at the same time, for most of history, we found penises, to, like small penises were ideal. Um, really? Yeah. They thought you were more intelligent if you had a smaller penis. <laughs> um, and you were more likely to Why I can't children. read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I, I don't know how to take care of that. I can feel it from here. <laughs> <laughs> Under the table, yeah. All this kinky stuff's getting me. Ah. 
Was it the fish? Nah, was it yeah, the fish? Got me going. The poops talk. So clearly, a guy with a small penis has made that statement up. It was like huge in ancient Greece. Like, if you look at statues and sculpture from classical times, everyone's always like, "Why are their penises so small?" Yeah. That's why the penises are so small. Um, you were meant to be more intelligent if you had a small penis. What's the guy, Michelangelo? Yeah, yes, He's got a small, small penis. Yeah, or small penises. Statue of David's tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that belief was around for a long time because they thought that he would also make a better father because his sperm uh, had a shorter distance to travel. It's so all he's... getting explained now. Yeah, <laughs> and then your good mate um, Henry the Eighth is yeah. actually really influential in changing that um, because he had a big member and so <laughs> a big <laughs> schlong, and he was really self conscious about it. And so, but he was like a man that was just like, we can't get divorced. Fuck it, I'll start a new church. And he kind of did that with fashion as well. So if you have a look at his armor that he used to wear, he has a giant bloody um, like cock shield. And he was kind of like, no, big dicks are in. And that happened. Fashion caught on because if the king is starting to wear a giant cock shield, yeah. cock shields became massive in fashion on a daily basis like people are really confused now why men in regency era just have this giant bulge around their penis but the bigger the better um and that's when things really change that is hilarious fascinating it is fascinating (laughs) it really is fascinating i'm here for your history of dick sizes (laughs) oh my god i love it i mean it, it is funny because isn't it well known that the italians and greeks Mm -hmm naturally have bigger (laughs) so then therefore wouldn't that greek who was it Uh, that was like the aristotles yeah socrates they would have probably been pretending to have small Small (laughs) (laughs) they were like no no we are really smart like it's fine it's small it doesn't it's so tiny (laughs) but you it also makes you laugh and think sometimes because obviously the stuff that we know from ancient world the only people who are really writing are you know your very intelligent philosophers yeah and so they could have written fucking anything they're yeah. like no no guys like small dicks were really fashionable <laughs> like oh my if you find my skeleton i was so smart like <laughs> they could have done anything they really wrote history I so love that. <laughs> this is, yeah. men you can't trust them can you <laughs> no. They say they've got small penises because it's fashionable. They probably really have a big dick and yeah, vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> That's why I can't read. <laughs> oh, big Henry so the Eighth energy over here. <laughs> and then yeah, the micro penis. It was the micro penis. Did that mean you were like genius? Yeah, level? absolute genius. <laughs> That's what you want. Like, couldn't a, get anyone off, but we're no, smart. <laughs> no, no. You're going to produce many heirs because you have such a small penis that it was just going to be like choo. But they thought that the gods would have blessed you either with brains or a penis, basically. And they're like, oh, the the body can only have so much. So if you have a giant penis, you have very little brains. Well, men do think with their penis. Well, I mean, that's... (laughs) So the bigger the penis, the less brain. That does make sense. Maybe he was really onto something. (laughs) does make sense. Speaking of penises, let's talk about the (laughs) cock ring. Let's let's talk about the cock ring. No shame in the segues. (laughs) No shame in the segues. Apparently, they were made from the. I can't even deal with this. Eyelashes of a goat? That is correct. Surely not. No, it's correct. So it's how does that You can also work? Google this one if you like. Uh, okay. There's also pictures of this one. How many uh, goats would make a cock ring? One. So it was the eyelid of a goat. Oh, the oh. eyelid. And eyelashes. They kept everything. So... You would take the eyelid of a goat, which kind of makes uh, a circle here. You would keep the eyelashes for extra stimulation. Now, what they would do uh, would be they wet the eyelid, get it all soggy, tie it around your penis, and then wait for it to dry. And as it dried, it hardened like the original cock ring. This is in 13th century China. Oh, just to put it into perspective and it would get harder and harder um and then your eyelashes are not only stimulating yourself oh, but also the woman that you're tickle. having sex with yeah. yes um and they ended up moving to models made of uh, jade and ivory after a, a few years wow um maybe too many goats were being lost in the process of the <laughs> cock ring but you can still purchase eyelid cock rings today it remains uh, a fetish and some people actually swear that it's better than silicone no way don't do that like don't do it but like i'm not a big fan of a cock ring 
No, I've been I've a fan of a cock ring. Yeah, I've never really had a, you know. Have you tried of... vibrating cock rings? No, I haven't actually. Yeah, I think that's that would be your game changer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Especially if you're if if you're with a woman as well. Um, yeah. Like that turns it's your so penis good. into a vibrator. Yeah. I've always, yeah, I've just always like put it on and been like, uh, and it just it's actually worked the opposite. It's sort oh. of thrown me off. No, and our... not kept me. You know what I mean? Like it's almost on my mind. But I, I think it's such a different sensation. I say this like I have a penis. Um, but <laughs> it is going to be I've such heard. a different sensation. <laughs> Are you feeling mine as well? <laughs> but I think the vibrations help in a lot of ways because normally with uh, cock rings that have vibrators, they'll have like a little battery pack almost on them. And yeah, if you sit yeah. that like next to your balls as well, you're getting well really quadruple stimulation in mm. a lot of ways um because you're getting the your your vibrations kind of going towards your p-spot you're getting like the actual vibrating penis you're getting the sensation of uh going in and out and she's having a wonderful time as well yeah i've seen one in a girl's top drawer and i measured it up and i was like eh, i don't know how that's meant to work i would say don't use anyone else's cock ring that's probably a good point as well Please get your own cock ring. <laughs> but i was looking at it and i was like yeah I, I, I I'm, I'm one of the like because you can use cock rings on like um, strap-ons as well and this one time this girl pulled out a cock ring that had been used so many times there was like hairs on it there was everything and I just went I was like you're not seriously like gonna with, that's not that's not on the table but right don't you, <laughs> rinse, don't you rinse it I have yeah, well, you can rinse it, but like... In my Wushka drawer, I've got one. I'm, uh, I'm Wushka go. drawer is unsanitary, to say the least. Oh, no! <laughs> it's my drawer under my bed. It's like a container, and I call it the Wushka drawer because Why? during intercourse, I Wushka it out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got all my whips, vibrators, handcuffs. <laughs> It's wild. Heat candle, like candle. Like, like. He, I was at a party at Matt's house once, and he and like the wushka draw. The wushka, draw came out. <laughs> but it was like show and tell. He was like, I and love this that. is my rope, and this is my whatever. And I was like, this is the no. sucking one. That's the sign of a good party. I love when that happens. I love. I, 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 I genuinely like one of my favorite things is when the host is like, "Do you want to see my sex toys?" We're like, "Yeah, like sure. come to my red room." <laughs> it's like a lovely intimate part of like no way. Like we're really friends now. Like here's my horse, Mark. <laughs> I go nay. Well, we dressed my mate up, put him in a choker, put the gag, no, the, yeah, the gag thing on. Such I had a, good a party. whip. Yeah, I've so had fun. so many whips broken in the course of a house party <laughs> of everyone being like, "Can we stew?" And then, then the, everyone's just got them, and I'm like, "Oh no, yeah, <laughs> that's gonna have to replace I got a really good one from bras and things. It was like a nine tails, fucking really good one. Yeah, that's not breaking anytime. That's soon. not breaking anytime yeah. soon. I love that. Recommendation, everyone. Oh, good. <laughs> Oh, it's sticking around. It's sticking around. That's what you want. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How has sex changed from now with our wooshka drawers oh, coming out draws. <laughs> um, between like the last hundred years? Do you know what? In a lot of ways, like it hasn't, okay. which is what I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest thing that's happened is that we have body safe products now and we have the internet to be able to provide educational information. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like sexual... Um, experimentation and everything we have done that for a really long time there's there's a reason why you know when we started to get really get into sex toys in the last 20 years like that you can get them at supermarkets now we had models for that because we've been using whips and dildos and cock rings for hundreds upon hundreds of years yeah the difference is now we have body safes products because of the likes of uh, a man called gosnell duncan who uh was left paralyzed and realized there was no body safe alternatives for someone to use like a phallic object so he worked with a chemist to invent the first phallic shaped dildo that was body safe wow and now that's the kind of formula that we use all the time so like they can w- withdraw um, withstand heat and washing and all of this and is sanitary mm. and then come the internet people now have access to safe ways to incorporate these kinks yeah. and like ethical ways to bring them about whereas in history that's what we didn't have we didn't yeah. have that education even hearing you say it like i was uh, everything sounds so stinky and unsafe yeah. I was like surely people are getting big diseases from all of this yeah massively <laughs> so like i mean you talk about Rush, utis imagine, yeah I was actually, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, how did people get rid of thrush in the day? I once mm. could not get rid of thrush for like six months. And I was yep. like, how? People would die from it. Really? Yeah. From thrush. Yeah, yeah. What a shit way to die. <laughs> Fucking but like the, the small ways that people died because of like, you know, sexual play and everything is really 
insane like back in the time i'm not quite on the same thing of frush but they had to introduce laws in the 18th century about about strangulation erotic strangulation because so many people were dying from being strangled really i thought that was a new thing no no because this isn't the time where they used to hang criminals and one person reported that the criminals all seem to get hard-ons as soon as they are being hung and this then wow. caught on like oh it will cure my my impotence my impotent, yeah. if i get into strangulation and so brothels started offering strangulation as an option and it and laws had to end up being introduced because so many people died from it oh my god but even the deaths didn't stop people from wanting to get strangled is that uh, is there a proven fact that getting strangled does make you or is that just no. not, not now? No. no, but I mean, the, the, there is a thing about like blood rushing. So it, it does happen in some cases. And even in one where someone died and went to court in the criminal trial, they even say like, oh, but he did get briefly hard just before he died. And so people caught on. They're like, oh, it works. Just got to make sure we cut him down quickly. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, you, you hear about all that stuff about how you tie your choke yourself and yeah. have, a, have a wank and like I've never done it I've never done it but I've heard it a lot and I actually watched a true crime documentary yeah. very recently about a guy who died he was a famous director in Hollywood yeah recently he died from it in a hotel room and they were like is it suspicious but he had like he was all tied up in like this sex position I don't know yeah see I think one of the best things about having sex education and why it's so important is that otherwise we would just be like we were back in history and just hanging ourselves to try and feel pleasure whereas now you can go on google and you can be like how do i safely engage in strangulation play yeah and like one of the main things is that you never touch the your um you don't never block off the air tubes like Mm. ever ever if you want to do it it's like a firm press on the neck but not where any of your i go lower yeah low is really good yeah low is good and then hand pressure and so like there's little things like that like and that's why Hashtag education. <laughs> we love some education. Learn. I mean, this whole episode has been very educational for me. I'm feeling like I've got a wealth of knowledge. Now. I've been really impressed with Matt's history facts. Me honestly. too. Like, like, well, <laughs> shout out to my mum and my grandma because they're like full historians. They love, oh, it. I love so it. through the time they've passed it down to me. Yeah. I love history buffs. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad. I said to Matt at the start of the episode, you know one thing. And then he started like, his facts kept coming. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, they're Maybe Matt history buffs. Yeah, I'm going to give Matt an honorary history degree. I, yeah. I actually bestow you with an A plus today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on an F. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you get an A plus for your segues. Thank you. Oh, thank they're, you. they're shameless. <laughs> they're just full. Just, they're great. Love a segue. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Eze, it's been so lovely having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming in. We've been meaning to do this for a while and finally we've got to do it. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks a lot. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for coming on. Bye. Thanks for having me.